So how's everyone doing tonight? I didn't actually say hi really before I hit start uh, streaming. So we're all doing great. We're fantastic. We're fantabulous. I was irresponsible. I spent the majority of my day playing uh, the new expansion for fourteen. Nice. I'm seeing a lot of glorious facial hair there, John. It's working slowly. It's in. Yeah. In there. Yeah. Yeah, this side's a little bit weaker on that front than the other. If you notice, I've got a streak right here. Yeah, I think it's because, like, young as a younger boy, I'm still a boy. I had some scars. Like, I had, like, injuries on, on my cheeks. That's why I have weird spots where I have no hair. Like, yeah. you can see, like, right here, I've got a big white scar. And then I've got a big, another one up here, which my receding hairline is now revealing more and more. I know since they're scarred, it's a lot slower. There's like, it takes a lot longer for those areas to grow. And it's like, come on, <laughs> come on, scar damage. Mark's, yeah. Mark's just got to flex a little bit I there. Forget, like, I forget how it feels so much slower now. It's like. It's growing and it's like, well, is it is it continuing to grow? What do I do? <laughs> yeah, I got backed over by a car. And dragged down my parents driveway. It's horrible on my face. So actually, if I get really cold, I mean, you guys might have actually seen this in the past. If I get really cold, I get like splotchy red all over my face. Those are all scars. <laughs> So that's fun. It's horrible, Steve. I still think you should all complain about your perfectly fine facial hair to my poor uh, future husband. It's so frustrating. Who cannot grow hair on his actual face to save his life. He has a better mustache, though. Mine is mine is okay. His, his mustache is pretty epic. This is literally the only mustache I can ever grow. It gets a little, it's a little uh, German specific there, Steve. Yeah, I yeah. noticed. You know, like right yeah. under the nose is a little bit uh, right there, more, right more there. defined than the other side, the sides. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, no, no, it's. I mean, it's literally this is how it goes, and I sometimes just have to fluff out that spot a little bit just to cover the patches. We'll get into combat, and Steve will go, "Hey, John, roll psychic damage. Why? Ah, uh, no reason, just." happen sometimes <laughs> i suppose we can intro and do recap thank you everyone for popping on to watch us babble incoherently about our beards about mustaches about scars on our faces and all sorts of lovely delightful things not involving our podcast i'm steve i am one of the hosts tonight and i will be the gm running our actual play 5e podcast in absentia joining me tonight i have mark hi i'm mark i'll be playing ziggert the dragonborn sorcerer tonight on this very show and Anne. hi i'm Anne. i play the Kenku Rogue story. And John. Hi, I'm John, and I'm the hottest cat boy on the Citadel. And I'll be playing Quill, the Tabaxi Wizard. So tonight we'll be playing episode 26, Fight or Flight. And who would like to catch us up to where we left off last episode? Does it, who remembers, I guess, is really what it was. It's been two weeks. Um, we are in the basement of a little hidey hole. I would call it more of a hostel than a hotel. And I don't know why these people are banging down the doors. Uh, no one provoked them at all, especially by 
running across roofs, jumping down behind them and asking them what the fuck they're doing. Uh, and, and Quill is sleeping. So we're going to try to keep that going. <laughs> Quill is taking a good long nap. But if I remember correctly, our DM did say that he has a full rest. Yeah, at this point we had rested and we were kind of waking up ourselves and we heard a loud bang upstairs. We had woken up because I had left to go get breakfast and come back. Yep. Because I had lectured Quill about no, no, no. I understand what you did was nice, but we are a team and we all need to be at our peak. Go to bed. Uh, And then through no fault of stories, people are trying to bang down our door. Well, not even our door. They're they're attacking the innkeeper. I was going to say they're at the innkeeper. They haven't actually gotten to the door yet. But more more big picture of like where we are, (laughs) because I think that's a very specific. uh, We returned to Ragoon, the city where we'd stopped in bringing back the little girl and her dead dwarf companion, which apparently bringing corpses into town gets clocked by the guards in quotation marks real quick. It gets so like in their head about it. It's just, yeah, it's a little weird. Calm down. Yeah. The guards in quote is important because it seems that it's kind of like paid thugs basically uh, that are in charge of the town. I don't know if we mentioned, but we were at the, you know, the gold pick miners, green, green pick miners headquarters, letting them know about returning the body of the, the said body. Like you said, we were. Trailed and followed and they threatened us by being there and we threatened them with our words and our, you know, show of force and tried to bed down for the night. And uh, we did. But importantly, we did get Sphirna back to her home. We're not, you know, dragging a small girl into this firefight. Quite literally, fire. Fight. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, we, we returned Sphirna to her home. We got some information from her grandparents and a nifty uh, item. Like, uh, I believe we got, was it a cape? Peacock it was cloak. like a cloak. Right. It was a cloak. Peacock cloak. That Yes, the peacock <laughs> that cloak. That makes you very attractive to your enemies. Which uh, Quill did identify and then lie about it poorly. And then after that, handed it off to Zigrid. We, we got the girl back to her family. Her grandma told us about, apparently there's a cool magic camp that hangs out on the edge of town. So we'll have to visit there after beating these poor people to death. Not like summer camp. Where they no, do magic or anything, but like like a group of people that true true. She did use the word magic warehouse, so I'm, I'm thinking more like the home the, the lows of magic, Home know. Depot of of magic, the Home Depot interest. of magic. Just just adding on to psychic damage to myself slowly, aren't I? Um, totalitarian regime. It's Home Depot. <laughs> But yeah, we returned to the the horrible gilded pig uh, in briefly to get some information on where we could take this dwarf. Story bought a cake or like a large slice of cake. Enough cake that we were all concerned about it. Yeah. And she does not see what's wrong with it. Frankly, Anne is a little confused, too. (laughs) got out of the gilded pig as quickly as you know possible for us and dropped the dwarf off got a little bit of heated debate with these guards quotations and they ran off likely to go get more guards to threaten us back but we found a nice hole in the wall paid for discreet lodgings and went to bed and then yeah, you know, we were going to have a, a nice chill day. And then this noise came from upstairs. The innkeep seemingly was being jostled. And there was some threatening raised voices upstairs. Quill is still asleep. That's the important part is that Quill is still asleep. Quill is still asleep. No, no way that could go poorly. 
You still got that backup character? I do, yeah. So, where to start us off is the real question. Uh, story is hiding behind the door. Yeah, um, Ziggurat is probably without seeing a map, I'm just thinking of probably a small room. Also, uh, story is trying to tell you lights off. Uh, okay, that'll I'll, I'll see that and press the digitation, turn off all the lights. And then I'm probably standing by Quill. Lights are out. Yep. Quill's asleep. Yep. Are you doing any other actions or anything? Um. Well, we just saying. I don't. I don't have dark vision. I don't know if story does or not. Story does um, not. Okay. But it'll be fine. We're prepared. I have no concerns. Okay. I'm waiting. I'm not going to like hold an action or anything. I'm just waiting for somebody to come down the stairs and see what it's about. I don't want to just. Ziggurat's been a little uh, jumpy with his magic, let's say. So he's going to learn from the lesson that he had with Quill and just kind of simmer down a little bit and wait for things to unfold before he acts. Okay. Dory is full on preparing to tackle a guy. Right as we closed, we heard the body thump against a wall. Lights go out. Signing back and forth. And then you hear footsteps walking. On the ceiling above you. And it's very clear that they're searching the upstairs. Now, you guys hadn't seen any other patrons that you were aware of. When you were upstairs, it was just a couple of really crappy looking beds. In this shady establishment. But you do suddenly hear them kick open a door. And hear some yelling. And somebody being dragged outside. And then it gets very silent. I'm going to whip one candle on where I I saw a story last so I can see her. You want to go check it out and follow them? She just goes, I don't know. I'll be right behind you. I'm going to wake Quill up. We should probably check it out. Sure. And then I tell you to protect Quill. And I stealth my ass up upstairs. So is it stairs to a door? The stairs lead to that kind of hidden wall, like the magic wall, remember? Can we see out of the wall? Yes, you can see through the wall. But they can't see us. You presume. And I, well, we couldn't, could I see when I walked back into the facility after getting breakfast? When you walked back in, you couldn't see through it, but when you touched it, you kind of phased through. Okay, so she's going to, I mean, as carefully as she can, like, peek up as if they can see her, but she's, you know, a little more bold than she would be. Okay. But nothing through the door. Uh, Can you still do me a stealth roll, please? For sure. Oh, show. 13 for a 21. Okay. So quiet as a fly farting in the wind. Story sneaks up the stairs to this semi-opaque wall. And you peer around and right as you get to the top of the stairs, a head kind of shoots around the corner, not through the wall, but he's peering intently at it. Story slowly backs up. No, she stays. She stays there. And she waits, ready to spring if she needs to. 
but it is black. Like, it's dark behind her. And she's a black bird. And she keeps her, her daggers in her... Not, hey, shiny, look, look at this shiny. Ziggurat would have also snuffed the candle, too, after she started going back up the stairs. Yeah. So you just see this ugly, scarred face peeking around this corner, and he's really inspecting this wall closely. And from behind him, you hear this voice. Hey, Grum, what the hell are you doing? There's there's something funny about this wall. Well, quit staring at the fucking wall and get out here and help me with this. Fine, fucking prick. He turns around, starts walking out of the inn. Story quietly goes back downstairs. Thinks to herself... Fuck, I can't get a hold of them. They can call me. They can turn the light on. But I can't. So I do a very... Do dragons have hearing outside of... You said orc? Spectrum. Mm-mm. No, there's nothing extrasensory about a dragonborn. If one of you was like a werewolf, I could just whistle really high. Um... Don't give Steve ideas. Do not put that in his head. <laughs> she, as quietly but intently as she can, chitters her beak. So it doesn't sound like much, but it's more than nothing. To see if maybe Ziggurat will get the clue and turn on a light. Can I do a perception check or, or like, what would, what would you like me to do? Uh, yeah. I have a passive perception of 11. Should I do a performance check? That's what I would do. It's probably a performance check. And then maybe against my passive perception. I would use passive. Yeah. It's a 12. I could see like the look of panic for just a split second. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so I'll maybe just barely catch it. And I'll just kind of like peek my head around. And I don't know if my eyes have adjusted yet. Can I, you know what? Ziggurat's going to try to stealth up to her. <laughs> he moves over and gets a beak to the to the face. <laughs> uh, I am in your way. He doesn't know Stigger's that. going to try to sneak up the stairs. Okay. <laughs> the sounds of bird bones cracking. <laughs> so as soon as he walks into me, I'm going to push him back. Should, should we do like a stealth check or something on that? Yes, please. Are you telling me that a dragonborn can sneak upstairs past somebody on it? <laughs> nope. Nope, he can't. He cannot. So when he walks into me, I push him back. Hey, 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 hey. Turn on a damn light. I can't talk in the dark. Sorry, I'm multitasking. I'm getting weird feedback on my mic. It's cool because I'm waiting for, for a cigarette to, 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 to respond to, to Birdie flapping on him. I, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I, um, I heard you. What's going on up there? Did, did you turn on a light? So, um, precipitation. <laughs> she can't talk. <laughs> Probably like feels her tapping his like knee. <laughs> So she is going to sign. Oh, what would you know? We've been you know numbers. So we've been around each other for. We've been around a while, so I could probably do two men, but they can't see us. The door. They didn't see through it. Okay. Was it the bartender? No. Well, um. It's, um, so she's going to do, so yeah, lie cops. So the fake They hit the, like the green and blue armor, uh, standards, whatever, tunics. Livery. Livery, thank you. Ziggurat's going to go over and wake Quill up. He's probably enough time for rest now. 
So I'm gonna go over to Quill. Hey, Quill, wake up quietly, very quietly. I'm right here. It's dark out. It's time to wake up. Not make any noises. Can we paint this picture with words for a minute? So Zigrid is like on his knees, crouched next to the bed, and just cat batting at the cat. <laughs> so this is like a raptor from Jurassic Park with its head like right there <laughs> with big teeth whispering. Just wake up really quietly. In Steve Irwin's voice. To a large cat. We already know cats are the perfect hunting machines. <laughs> Please tell me that Story gets to watch this in the single candlelight. Yeah, especially if he's leaning really close with his candle. With the light. How, how close? Is this like invading my personal space close? I'm, I'm whispering in your ear. So, yeah. Okay, definitely invading my personal yeah. space. Sweet close. nothings. His, his tongue like whips out and like... I don't have a lizard tongue. I'm not a kobold. <laughs> you have a little bit of frost in the in the fur around the ear. <laughs> right. Is is there Cold anything breath. is there anything extra you would like me to do outside of, you know, just waking up? It's not like you haven't been traveling with this crew for some time. Part of me wants to have you do a check. <laughs> Make sure that you That's that's up to you. No, that's fine. I'll we'll just story this one. We got constitution saving throw to see if the shit doesn't get scared out of him. <laughs> no, that's fine. This is the nicest you've woken me up literally ever in the entire time I've known you. Right. No magic this time. Yeah. Um, it's a little serious, I think. Uh, our guest is in some distress up above us. There's two sneakies sneaking about upstairs. Um, we know this because Story was sneaking about and she sold him. Oh, I think we should ambush them. Or, um, alternative. We, do, do we need to do something? Story is shaking her head no. We'll. She understands that they can't see her, but she's like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, hide. Right, that's hide. fair. I mean... But here's the thing. What if more come later? We should probably get out of here. Yes. When the people are gone, then go. But what I'm saying is what if they don't leave? What if they stay and more numbers come up during the daytime? It's not. We could leave the town or find a better place to hide. I'm, I'm missing part of this conversation. Let me let me get Rava out. Uh, snap fingers. Okay, Rava. What? Okay. And I'll I'll look through Rava's eyes. Uh, when he snaps his fingers, Story like instinctually puts her hands on his hand. Like, <laughs> is of course too late, but. <laughs> And then do a perception check for me. Everybody? Do you want everybody to or just story? Everyone. Oh, it skipped on the two. <laughs> it's on the 18 for 23. 14. 23. Quill, in story, you can hear the very faint sounds of someone getting the shit kicked out of them. Out in the street. Um. Oh, we're fine. Uh, yeah, we should we we, we should we should go now. They're busy. Is there is there a back door to this place? Not that you saw. I don't remember there being a back door. Awesome. That doesn't mean that there's not one. I'm just saying you didn't see one. I'm not saying there is one either. Okay. So is. Is there an, another exit out of this room? No. Is there a fireplace in this room? 
It is a root cellar that someone on the sly dug out and put stairs down to so they could basically have a bolt hole for okay. people to hide in. Um, so story says we'll go. I'll go first. And I will signal when you can come. Have magic ready. Alternatively, uh, we can we can have uh, Rava check things out. Yeah. So Rava, important uh, mission. Can you make Rava black? Not without an hour. It's awkward. Would it only last a minute or two? Oh, actually, yeah. That wait. Well, actually. It'll last an hour. We can do that. Do you use a spell slot for that? No. No? Um, hold on. Let me read this spell a little more closely here. It might be non-living objects. No, I, I can do these magical effects. Um, oh, yeah. I could make Rava dirty, but I can't change its color. That would have to be minor illusion. That's fine, yeah. That's fine. So I'm going to make Rava covered in soot. I'm very sorry about this, Rava. Uh, but y- you know the drill. Mission. Uh, ceiling only. Report back. People inside. Y- you remember what that innkeep looks like. If he's still in here. Story is quickly signing very proud affirmations to Rava. You got this. Rabbi kind of climbs up the wall, clinging to the ceiling, and heads into the inn proper through the wall. You said you're sending Rava up into the inn through the wall? Like through the magic wall? Yep. And he's covered in soot. Through the magic wall, not the... <laughs> yeah, so kind of climbs up the wall onto the ceiling and then okay. curves out through the magic wall into the, the inn proper. John, you kind of have a lay- an idea of the layout of this inn, and I'm going to just describe it a little bit better just for Anne and Mark and our listeners here. So going up the stairs, to the left at the top of the stairs, we have have this kind of corner that we come around, and it's this open living area. I shouldn't say living area. It's kind of like a hostel. There's some beds or bunks where people can sleep. They're pretty scattered and in disarray at this point. They're pretty dirty too. Common area. And one of them looks like it's been kicked over. As Rava proceeds more towards the front where you guys walked in, there's kind of this dividing wall through this hallway. And opens up to this small entryway where you met the innkeeper. The innkeeper was sitting behind this this low counter, and the chair that the innkeeper was sitting in has been knocked over. And the innkeeper's book is on the floor, and it looks like it just got knocked off the table. Is Rava going to actually, like, peek out the front door, too? Just get a kind of, like, curve down on the wall and then peek out if the door is open. Yeah, it's still kind of akimbo or ajar. It's a jar? Is there jam in this jar? Is there jam in the jar? So many puns. It's never going away, either. No, it's partially open. And as Rava peeks, as they peek out the front door, see two of these burly-looking guard fellows just beating the snot out of not the innkeeper, but just someone that must have probably been staying at the inn. Had nothing to do with you guys. You see no sign of the innkeeper. Quill reports all of that to everybody else. They're, they were just beating some guy in the street. 
story goes, maybe they were looking for that guy. The question now is, are we okay with this? I mean, honestly, if... Right. Part of me thinks that they could be beating him looking for us. If that's the case, we should intervene. This is a lot of trouble he got himself in. I don't care. It's his problem. It's that first part that's given me pause, that we should help. It's our fault. The least we could do is help the poor bloke. I mean... I mean, plus... These guys are pretending to be cops, which, you know, it's worse than a cop, somebody pretending to be a cop. Going back into Ravo, listening through their ears... Or ears, I mean... Their ears? They're still ears? It's just eardrum is the skin. Yeah, their ears. <laughs> External eardrums. Yeah. yeah, drums. Can I make out... Are they saying things while they're beating this man? It's mostly just grunts at this point. You, okay. Rava does not get the impression that this man is long for this world at this point. It's it's been a solid like fifteen seconds of hard kicking and punching and beating with billy clubs. All right, Ziggert is going to go up, and well, for, okay. First, he's going to say, "Look, I think we should help." I'm going to go up and help if you guys want to stay here. At that point, Sori just goes. She's got her daggers out. She's going to go oh. kick somebody's ass. Ziggurat's going to, like, say, Story, wait, I have an idea. Could do this without fighting, maybe. She brings up the deck. Oh. Just hold on a sec. Let me take the lead. If it goes south, stabby stab. Um... So I'm going to try to go uh, as as Quill was describing it to to the out to outside. A little stab, just just, just little, if it little. goes wrong. Oh. So I hide. So I'm going to go outside, try to be a little quiet, and get outside behind them. Is that possible? Yeah, go ahead and roll me another stealth check. Should we all? Because we're following him. Yeah. <laughs> Five. Twenty. Quill, before Quill leaves the basement, uh, Quill is going to use a spell slot and summon Unseen Servant and send it out in front of him with the explicit instructions of there are two men beating someone. Go yank and pull and poke and prod at them. Well, while I'm stealthing, I'm trying to get within 30 feet of them. As you are trying to sneak up and out of the stumble a little bit. Then you freeze and you're staring at the door like imagine you're like Story and, and Quill are close behind, close-ish. You're like, Why? but nothing ever comes back through the door. They're pretty far away away and they're pretty preoccupied. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to go within 30 feet of them. And I'm going to use my meta magic to twin suggestion. And I'm going to tap my wand to my head and say, so they can hear me. I'll suggest you both turn around, head the other way, leave this man alone, and never come back. They have to beat a wisdom saving throw of 15. Otherwise, they, they do that. Six. Four. I like the way you roll. There's two of them, you said, right? There's two out in the street. Those are the one. Okay. Those are the two that I, I cast on. They turn around promptly and start, yeah, we should, we should get the hell out of here. They start walking up the street. I look around at Story and I say, stay on the lookout. If there's more to stabby stab, that's all I could do. She first has her hand up trying to do the thumbs with a, a dagger in it. And then she goes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so I go look at the bloody dude on the ground. Go ahead and do a medicine check for me. 13. 
He's not looking so hot. He's bruised. He's got like one eye completely swollen shut. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna give him my healing potion. Wait, actually, before I do that, is it the innkeeper? Honestly, you cannot tell at this point. Okay, then I'm gonna give him my healing potion. It's gonna like tip his head back and kind of give him. Uh, Let's see. It's going to be 2d4 plus 4. That's uh, 8 points of healing. Oh, sorry. 2d4 plus 2 is 6 points. It was 6 points, not 8. My bad. Uh, his his breathing goes from this kind of low, raspy, uneven wheezing to low in and out. And the swelling starts go down rapidly. And he still looks pretty bruised and, and dinged up, but um, it is not the innkeeper. Is he conscious or is he still lying back with his eyes closed? You can't really tell right now. Story goes up and starts poking him. Ow! He's all bruised all over. He just got and the shit beat up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in, but she needs answers. She looks at cigarette and signs. Where's the... Uh, I don't remember the sign for hotel. I think it's hotel keeper. Oh. I don't know who this guy is. Oh, right. <sighs> Where's the innkeeper? Um, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, they dragged me out of my room and they were asking me questions. And honestly, I only heard half of them and they just started beating the hell out of me. What was, was the questions you had? Um, where where are they? Where are you hiding them? So they were looking for us. Did they happen to give a description? Did that description seem to match a seven foot tall dragonborn? No, they just kept saying them. Like they expected me to recognize it. Then he looks up and goes, Oh, yeah. Yeah, they probably didn't really have to say much. Yeah. Well, um, we're unique. You're in the middle of the crossfire. Uh, so, sorry, one second. Story. What was that? We're a unique group. Uh, we're a unique group. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, st- story uh, slips five gold into the guy's hand and says, sorry. Um, thanks. This is the most lucrative beating I've ever taken. Um, well, I, I recommend you find a place to be scarce for a while. That's, that's a good idea. With that uh, lucrative reward. Go to the gilded pig. Tell them that story sent you. That's a good idea. No one in their right mind goes to the Gilded Pig. <laughs> he gets up and starts... Pokes him in another bruise. Oh, I told you, Story. Nobody goes there. It's tacky as shit. But it tastes fantastic. Well, granted. Yeah. Well, well, then, if he's gone, uh, I suggest we leave as well. well we need to find this... Um, uh, what was your name? Uh, Tosha, um, Trisha. Yes, let's go to this magic warehouse and. Yeah. What time is it right now? It should still be like morningish, right? Like five a.m. Like mid morning. Yeah, it should still be like. Well, they were broad freaking daylight, just beating these guys. Cool. Oh, I was picturing it was like butt crack of dawn. No one is in the street either. Like, no one. Yeah, Story kind of looks at her guys and goes, I don't like the fake cops. No, they're hardly cops. I mean, they're in a uniform. It's about it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to clarify, like, you said warehouse, but, like, they're in a warehouse. <laughs> Not like, not like it's a magic <laughs> warehouse. 
not, it's not like it's Bob's Magic Emporium and Warehouse or something like that. Bob's Discount Magic Warehouse. Is it, when you say it's, there's nobody in the streets. I mean, we're talking like streets are cleared out, windows are shuttered. A tumbleweed just rolled across the streets and we just hear clink, clink, clink coming down the street towards us kind of thing. That very obviously they're avoiding the constables. Yeah. Like shit went down. They nearly beat someone to death in the street. There's no one around. I see. Okay. So it was, it would, so story would probably know this is more like they, the fake police basically made it so that nobody could see what they were doing. Not even made sure everyone's just intimidated. Like, that's the sensation you get, because that, if you recall, when you were talking to the mine owner, he booted you out and he he barricaded the door. Mm hmm. He was he was like, it. And story is not OK. This is not how you run a town. Yeah, this is not acceptable. Yeah, the two of you probably see Quill similar to that the other time that we've been having issues with people in charge. Quill's hackles are very up. He's just kind of standing there silently, obviously fuming. And Quill probably picks up on this. Yeah. And says, all right. We should do what we can to take care of this. I think, the, honestly, the best course of action is to find the magic users. It would only benefit Quill uh, to perhaps learn what he can from them. Perhaps they have spell books, scrolls. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, they could only be this, allies, right? This is true. But I, I don't, I don't want to press you to, but the way these people sound, I, I want to visit the, the mages first, but uh, I'm, I'm kind of tempted to to go find where these constables are and burn their house down with them in it. This is not... Story is very excited about this. All right. I mean, yeah. She pulls out... um, Flint and steel? The thing that you, like, flint and steel. Tinderbox? I don't know. Uh, She's ready. She's ready. (laughs) Story. Information first, story. Information first. And you can put those away, actually. I mean, it'd be fun. Just, um, I've been working on something. Um, I can't fire. Right. You can't. I can't. But look, there's a, a spell, very well known in the magic world, a very powerful spell. I think I'll just land it. I think I, I think I figured it out. Like to try it, maybe. How do you do that? I just think I know it. I don't know. Cool, but... It is. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, let's uh, make our way. I have some questions. Sure, you two have questions as well. And... Yeah. Then let's do bad things. I want to be bad. I mean, bad things... Hmm. To bad people, to wrongs make a right. That's what I heard. I don't mind that. That's that seems pretty accurate. Three lefts make a right. So this is also true. I'm gonna keep that. Let's get out of here before all that. Let's Rava. Yeah, Rava climbs back up, and where do we go <laughs> to find? Do we do? No, the elderly woman did give us kind of a direction of where they, the warehouse is. Okay. Story jumps up on the uh, tops of the buildings. Halfway up, she kind of looks back like, I'm going to watch out and signal to you guys. And then finishes. She kind of follows, but makes sure that there aren't hordes of people coming that are large and fake copy. Um, Quill, if you want to keep Rava out, uh, I'm 
I'm I'm good in the wilderness, not so much in the city. Perhaps you can take the lead here. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Story climbs up onto the rooftop. She's going from rooftop to rooftop. Your travel isn't really impeded very much because of the closeness of the buildings. And my acrobatics. And your amazing acrobatics. Like, I imagine she probably just throws in a few flips and shit just for fun. Yeah, I was going to say, um, we leveled up, so I've got another number there, and it's great. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got a new proficiency number. Uh, we're, yeah. Our proficiency bonus is three now. <laughs> so. Insane. Oh, that's nice. It's going to be real hard for me to fail acrobatics. Ziggurat is intimidating as fuck. All right, so Quill and Ziggurat, you're making your way through these city streets. Yep. And Dory, why don't you roll a perception for me? 22. So Story, after a couple of blocks, or what we would consider blocks, you do see off a side street a group of toughs. These same livery guards, about four or five of them, are approaching up to the street you guys are on. Uh, she jets back, signals to them. How many? Four? Four. So she signals four, and I would do the sign for asshole, but we have uh, white nationalists trying to take that sign over. Um, <laughs> and then she kind of points to where they are, where they're coming from. Zigret's probably keeping an eye out for uh for story as quill is leading the way so i'll note that and let quill know boy uh alleyway better block up to the left uh there's some toughs up there is can i see a clear way for them to to go yeah you see just kind of some some detritus that's kind of piled up off to the side of the street yeah i i i tell them what i can see i relay that and kind of guide us uh, guide Quill to walk around that way so we stay a little, keep a low okay. profile. And the tough guys pass right on by. They glance down both sides of the street and the streets are still empty. Word has spread. Shit is going down. And they just like once upon a time in Mexico. <laughs> Yeah, they just keep walking. When it's clear, I, I whistle at them. Right, let's go. And I keep being their eyes in the sky. You guys keep walking. Another little stretch. Up ahead, you see what you imagine would be the warehouse. It's this larger, nondescript building. Wooden stone. Story, go ahead and do another perception check. That's a natural 20 for a 25. Story, you're scoping things out, and you see that the warehouse doesn't have much in the way for entrances, but you do notice that there's at least a front and a back entrance, and you see a rope hanging off the side of the building up to the rooftop, but it's slightly higher than where you're at. You notice that one of these Tufts is across the street, hiding between two buildings, keeping an eye out on things across the street to the front of the warehouse. Is he the only one? That's all you can see. So I let the guys know that somebody's watching the building. And he's between two buildings? Yep, he's sandwiched himself in. I... Look at I kind of relay that to Quill and I said, should we have story take him at? Oh, she's already she's walked away. She's got this plan. Can she? I, I try to look for story and give a little like this. And I'm like, oh, never mind, Quill. I think she's already on it. But she would have been so proud of you. <laughs> like... But before that, Zigger's going to say, um, she said the guys around the next alleyway. Perhaps we should just stand bar for cover in case things. Turn shitty. That seems fair. Can I do the full Assassin's Creed, jump down with my two plus one daggers, and just 
Tell you what, let's do just for funsies. Let's do an acrobatics check down behind him. Oh, I love it. I will be listening intently. We know how this is going to go because your <laughs> acrobatics is insane. That's a 29. Yeah. Quill done your shit. By the way, that's Oof. not a crit at a 29. Jesus. Plus 11. Expertise. <laughs> so this is going to be tough to pull off. Let's go ahead and pull a stealth. 16 plus 8 for 24. And then give me an attack roll. I want to advocate for advantage on this attack roll. Because that, that gives sneak attack. I'll give you an advantage on it. Not that you need it. Jesus Christ. Yeah, well. So the 24. Yeah, that's a hit. Cool. So we're going to do piercing damage. Plus sneak attack damage. Come on. Uh, for 18. Nice. Um, okay. Hang, hang on. Hang on. You can attack with your offhand. I was, that's what I'm looking for. I'm trying to remember if I can do that with this character. If you don't have ambidextrous, it's just a disadvantage, if I remember correctly. It, I think you actually just don't apply your proficiency bonus. Oh, oh yeah, it's, it's straight, but you... Yeah. Basically subtract three from your attack roll. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah, I'm going to do that. C- can I do that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that'd be a minus three to that roll. So 17 minus three is 15. 14. That's still a hit. That's a 14. I don't do math. <laughs> is that still a hit at 14? Yes. Stabbing this man in the back. It's another 10 damage. <laughs> oh my gosh, a four on a 1d4. <laughs> Time for 28 damage. You basically just right on each side of his neck. Blood spurts on either wall on either side of him, and he just drops. Okay, so she's going to scramble back up the building and, and go back to her guys and go, fine now. So Quill just hears, thump. <laughs> and like a wet splat. No, I, I think it's done. We're ready to go. I think he took... Oh, story, you got a little rod on your beak there. Yeah, you got it. She just spreads it around. <laughs> she puts it so it's on the other side, too. She's ready. I, I didn't. She's still in the building, isn't she? Is there anybody else? Did that trigger anything? Did that? No, you, you don't see any movement or anything like that. The sirens blare. Searchlights go up over the city. Well, I, that's why I'm, I'm going back up to where it's high is just have better vision on if, if there was anybody that's like running over or anything. You don't notice anyone come suddenly running or anything like that. After a minute, you, you get the impression that he was just keeping an eye out on this warehouse. It's not for us. <laughs> it was more for the foreigners in our city. Not for us. Okay, well, she goes back down, goes around the corner and waves at her guys and goes back and loots the body. Okay. He has 30 silver, a billy club, which I don't think they actually have a billy club. I think there's a sap and a, or, or a club. For our purposes, we'll use club because... So I can add club. Thank you. Then bloody clothes. I leave the clothes on him. So I got a club and some silver. Nothing spectacular. Cool. I go meet my guys on the road and get ready. Learned a lesson already with writing with quills. It smudges. <laughs> yep. It smudges. It it does not dry as fast as you want it to. That's why I had they had that dust. Oh, right. For those watching, uh, we got these fantastic journals from Mark. You can't see it because I hide the mess that is. I got one for myself, too. And he's and, and Mark got himself a very nice uh, quill. That, well, I'm writing with this one, uh, but I did get this feathered one as well. Oh, nice. I'm trying different nibs. It feels so, so wrong to write in a clicky pen. It does feel very uh, cathartic to write with a quill on this paper because it's like really high quality paper. That satisfying little scritch. Anyway, we go into the magic warehouse. All right. So, yeah. So you guys are in the street. You're going in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm right next to 
Quill kind of been following along within about five feet of him the whole time. So I'm just kind of shadowing him. Story kind of looks at, at Ziggurat and goes, can, can you clean? Right, yeah. Press the digitation, just kind of get some of the... There you go. Presentable. We just smell like rosemary, too. Quill goes to the back door and just wraps on it. So you're going around the building to the back? Oh, I suppose we could try the front door first. Tap, tap. Whatever you yeah. guys want. Front door it is. So, yep. rap, rap, rap. Okay. The front door cracks open just a notch. You all, I imagine, like, Ziggurat and Story are, like, trying to see who's opening it. And it's dark mm-hmm. inside. Mm-hmm. And a voice pops out of the dark. Can I help you? Hi there. We're, we're looking for... Uh, John doesn't remember. It's Trisha, right? Trisha. Yeah. We're looking for Trisha. Oh, credentials. Uh, we saved her niece, Svena, from a horrible death. Grandniece. And, uh, sorry, grandniece. And, and I write in magic, just so, like, it's in front of my body, high uh, in the sky. We were sent here because she has a certain set of skills that we're interested in ourselves. Her sister also sent us with Ziggurat, the, the uh, cloak. Uh, I don't know if you're I, wearing it. Um, and I kind of flashed the peacock oak, but not so much to activate it. For just a second, you see a hand like darts out. And you see like this blue glow kind of go over the door. He goes, you're not with them, are you? Who's them? Who is them? The blokes we just killed? No. We? Oh, a story he killed. I'm not sure what you mean. If you could clarification, would recently new to town just show me your hands pause to be specific but the, the burnt hand oh so you you like yes no we're not with the burnt hand the same people that we're we're looking for that hand no we hate them fun fact i sort of shot lightning through one of them one time blew a big hole in their chest I healed one to death. Really? Yeah. Right. Um, it was a knife. She tried to take it out, and then she tried to put it back in. It's a thing. Not like a wine cork. Not the same. I, I promise my companions are much more competent than they sound Mm-mm. at this current junction. Yeah. Truly, though, um, we are <laughs> jesting aside. We hate the burnt hand. Part of our mission is to suss them out, and we could use some allies. Yes. Fine. Enter. He gives a snap, and you hear this kind of, and the door creaks open, and a gnome steps just a little bit into the light. He has reddish hair, and he's wearing a smart blue tunic green pants and he has leather boots laced up to like his mid shin he goes follow me i kind of cast press a digitation in my hand a little bit and then i i flick a platinum at him thanks mate and it disappears story gets real interested in that wand i can make a very small illusionary object that fits in my hand but it disappears after like five seconds if you if you wouldn't mind leading me. That story goes and and gives him a shoulder. Sure. Thank you. He holds his hand up and a small floating ball of blue light appears and the door snaps shut behind you and he starts leading you down these long dark tunnels. From the outside the walls were kind of made of wood and stone but The masonry work inside of this warehouse seems much more well-made and specific. There's a slight downward cant to this hallway. 
and it keeps going and going and going. And you lose track after a while of how long you've been walking. So bigger on the inside technology. Basically, it's a TARDIS. <laughs> no. <laughs> a warehouse I'm holding. And eventually you see this pinpoint of light way, way far ahead of you. And you start to hear voices talking. And it seems like it's a pretty lively group of people. You get closer, you get closer. This large room opens in front of you. On one side, you can see all these complex alchemical equipment. And there's tubes that are spinning, fire burning, things are bubbling, smoke occasionally whistles out. And on the other side, you see jars, rows and rows of jars of different types of magical components. You see several gnomes and halflings. Numerous different races are here represented. All of them are doing little bits of magic here and there. Some of them appear to be haggling back and forth. Towards the back, Ziggurat, one particular non-human catches your eye. A tall, green dragonborn. And that's where we're going to end our episode tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Oh, Ziggurat heads right for them. Oh, man, I am so excited. And Story got to kill a guy. Very impressively. That was a dense episode. That was... That was... Let's uh, let's do our closing and we can unpack a little bit. Does that sound good? Yeah. All right. I want to thank everyone listening to the podcast tonight. Really appreciate all the support we've been getting lately. We're actually well into 400 followers on Twitter. We're only a small, tiny handful of followers away from hitting that 50 follower limit for applying for affiliate on twitch if twitch should deign us with that delightful honor and then we'll decide if we want to do that or not but anyways yeah everyone that's listened we've gotten some really nice comments from i just really want to say thank you to everyone listening we really appreciate it we love you we would humbly request your continued support Thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the follows, the likes. Honestly, the thing that makes me the most happy are just those nice comments about people who love the story so far. Yeah, I just, I just want to say thank you. We, we all really appreciate it. We get a real kick out of it every time. All of us, whenever we hear something nice from someone, we all like immediately group chat about it and, and giggle. It is the greatest thing. If you want to go that extra step and you want to check out our website at www.ubergeekmedia.com, we do have a podcast player on there that you can listen in your web browser. Just click the In Absentia link. There's a brief description about the podcast and then the podcast player. If you're interested in donating to Uber Geek Media so we can support more production value for In Absentia and some of our other works like The Wolf's Wood or some of our other upcoming projects that are in pre or pre-pre-production, there is a donate button on the website as well. Uh, We do have a Patreon that you can find on, obviously, Patreon. Once more, I just really want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone. Once again, I'm Steve, the GM, and Mark. I'm Mark, I've been Ziggert, and you can find me here. And Anne. I'm Anne, I played Story, and you can find me as the Crafty Heathen on, I think, all of the social medias. When I say you can find me there, I mean I check it once every, like, two weeks. (laughs) And John. I'm John, and I played Quill. And you can find me at Seasonal Bard on Twitter or Reddit, but I don't really spend a lot of time on Reddit. So, Oh, yeah, we have a Reddit, too. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm I not... forgot about that. I don't promote that very often. I should start doing that more.
<laughs> and eventually we'll get our Discord server up and running. And just and then just look away. <laughs> but yeah, we're a growing community. We'd love you to join in and chat with us in any way you want. You can find me on Twitter at UberGeekMedia and feel free to chat me up. I am on Twitter frequently every single day. Thank you to everyone. Have a fantastic night. How are we feeling about this episode so far? It was good. It did feel short. Um, it could have been like big. What's it? Big trouble in Little China. Oh. In Little Ragoon. In Little China. Yeah, big trouble in Little Ragoon kind of thing. Like we're just potentially.